0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store
1: to make the switch today. We've got three hours to go on what is a Monday morphing into a Tuesday. You've got to pull up. On Twitter, Mortification Monday. The Jaguars are no longer part of that bowl, but the team they're chasing in the AFC South, the Titans, well, they've become a more regular participant. <laughs> so check it out. You have a couple hours left, and then we'll reveal your choice. A Law Radio, it's also on our show, Twitter, and then our Facebook page too. We're finagling Facebook, so we'll we'll get back to it. But this is The end of week 15, and there are so many possibilities. I told you this last hour, I heard this on Westwood One. (laughs) It's crazy to think about, but it's true. The 24-12 final score on Monday night was the largest spread of any game in the NFL this weekend. Think about the crazy results we saw. Browns beat the Ravens by 10. For the most part, you had single-digit, single-score separation. And that includes the Jaguars at home against the Dallas Cowboys. They were trailing by 17. They come back. They take the lead. They weather a fumble with 90 seconds to play. They go into overtime, and the unthinkable happens.
2: This is a third and three from their 47.
3: Trips to the right. Elliott now the running back in place of Pollard. Shotgun for Prescott. He dropped a throw. Looking, looking, fires middle of the field, and that ball is...
2: Picked off! It is picked off <laughs> by Sean Jenkins! He's running it back along the right sideline! That is going to be a touchdown! That is going to be a touchdown! The Jags are going to win it on a Sean Jenkins pick six! Are you kidding me? How good is that?
4: I saw it pop up in the air, I was like, yo...
2: I, I, I got a, I got a score right here. I mean, it's only that, and, and I mean, I, I, I like me on that one. So, man, uh, I saw I caught it. Um, it was a huge block by somebody in front of me. I, I don't even know who it was. I just end up cutting right inside of them, and man, I, I was I was running for dear life. Man, my hamstrings about to pull and everything. And I said I, I had to, I had to end that one, so that was cool.
1: John Jenkins, he is our Defensive Player of the Week, sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at org. Not only did he have that interception and the touchdown, the pick six, also 18 tackles and a couple of passes defense. So he was everywhere. He was a thorn in the side of Dak, as he says, I like me when it comes to a foot race, <laughs> some type of a scrumble with Dak Prescott. Frank Frangie with the call on the Jaguars radio network. And now we are pleased to welcome J.P. Shadrick because we need to talk about the Jaguars, a senior reporter and insider for the Jags and their network. What is the reaction in Jacksonville, J.P.? The fan base understanding this team is starting to play great football with three wins in four games. They are poised to make the postseason
3: I think it's about time, right? I mean, this is a Jags team that is young. It's a new coaching staff. It's a second-year quarterback. It's a defense that had a lot of new parts in free agency and in the draft. And they had some hiccups earlier in the season. I mean, it started 2-1, and but then they lost five in a row, and they had fourth-quarter leads in a lot of those games and just couldn't figure out how to finish a football game, it felt like. And then, um, you know, it kind of came to a head in London in Week 8 um Jaguars had it Trevor Lawrence threw a couple interceptions in that game including one on a first and goal with the one and it just kind of unraveled there but since then uh Trevor's been playing better football and the defense is opportunistic they're giving up some yards but in key moments they've been okay they're starting to take the ball away again so um they're getting winning results against pretty good football teams now too when it matters and all of a sudden They control their own destiny for the playoffs, which is remarkable to think about. If you would have said that week nine, uh, that with three weeks to go, the Jaguars would have controlled their own destiny. You'd be crazy. But uh, they are. That's the way it is. Three to go, down one in the division. They've already beaten Tennessee once. You'll see them again head-to-head in week 18. So, the fan base is over the moon right now. It is, it is a Jaguars town for sure.
1: I definitely am hearing from a lot of Jaguars fans to my show. What did they show you in this game against the Cowboys on Sunday in which they were able to come back not just once but twice to win that in overtime?
3: Right. It, it was a 17-point deficit late in the third quarter, which they had, they had done earlier this season, by the way. They had rallied down three scores to win a game, so they knew they had it in them. Um, So it was really, there's some time left. Let's just go to work. And Trevor Lawrence hits a double move to Zay Jones, and that kind of flipped the whole momentum of the game and cut it down, and they kept on driving and scoring. The defense had given up some some points early in the game and some yards on the ground. They kind of settled in in the second half and got the ball back a few times, Uh, got a couple three-and-outs from the Cowboys offense, kind of contributed to it. Trevor kept throwing touchdown passes, uh, took the lead. They gave it up, but then, um, you know, and then at the end, it got really crazy when the Jaguars are down three, trying to drive the field. They're moving into uh, Cowboys territory, and and Trevor fumbles the football. That was an issue earlier in the season for him. He was just trying to make a play. got knocked out of his hands. Okay, gosh, under two minutes to go, Uh, but the Jags had all three timeouts. So they get a stop tackle for loss. They get another tackle, and then – so they use two timeouts. Um, The Cowboys decide to run four verts and throw it out of bounds and save a timeout for the Jags, which is great. So the Jaguars get the ball back just over a minute to go with a timeout. Evan Ingram somehow gets out of bounds. They review it. He's out of bounds. They get to save the timeout. They get a pass to Zay Jones to set up the game-tying field goal. I mean, all this kind of worked in tandem together, built up. And, you know, these were games earlier in the season in that five-game uh, losing skit I was talking about that the Jags would find a way to lose it somehow. Now they're starting to turn it around. They, they found ways to go out and win games like this that a lot of people might not expect them to if they haven't seen them this year. Um, it's a maturing football team. That's that's what happens. This group's together. They're all about it, and they are they're not going to let any deficit um, really keep them down. And that's what happened on Sunday.
1: I got to tell you the truth, JP. When Lawrence fumbled that ball, as you point out, it was knocked away about 98 seconds to go. I thought it was done. I thought there was no way that they would get the ball back. How can the Cowboys not run out the clock? And yet the defense held, and as you point out, the play calling a little bit suspect. I kind of wonder what they were doing going deep on that third down. The look on the face of Trevor Lawrence kind of told you the story, how dejected he was, that a turnover might have ruined their hopes at coming back, and yet that's not what happened.
3: It was it was remarkable. and the just look on his space was, yeah, this is over, but talking to the defensive guys, um, you know, earlier on Monday, Hey, they said, we got you, man. We're going to do what we can to get this ball back. There's some belief in that quarterback that, Hey, if we just get it in his hands now, uh, we're going to find a way to get a field goal. Right. I mean, that's, that might not have been the case earlier in the season, right? Okay. He's not, he's playing okay, but he's going to turn it over or whatever. Not anymore. He's a, he's, you know, since that London game, he's really settled in. He's he's playing great football, and there's a belief building on that sideline in number 16 with the long blonde hair, and that's a good thing. And he's going to be uh, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL in the second half of this season, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. And the guys that are around him, the other 52 on the roster, believe fully in what he can bring to this team.
1: J.P. Shadrick is a senior reporter with the Jaguars, and there's no time off around the holidays with the Jags poised to grab a playoff spot. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What difference has Doug Peterson made, J.P.?
3: Oh, all the difference. It's not even close. It's um – I mean, the guy's been in the league since '91. He was a player, obviously. He's he was a backup quarterback to two great ones, obviously. He was an assistant coach under Andy Reid. I mean, the guys won a Super Bowl as a head coach. He understands how to communicate with every level of the organization, from the janitor to the ticket takers <laughs> to the president of the team to the starting quarterback to the backup quarterback practice squad. He gets it. Uh, totally understands the tone. The messaging, what needs to be said, why, what the goals are, everything is clear. It's a professional football environment, and you're here to um, get things done and win football games. That's, that's really what it is. So there's there's not a lot of messing around. It's business, and, and he's unbelievably approachable in our role, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, it, it's perfect for the quarterback that's really the number one priority um and and he said that coming in you know it's really that's one of the big things that drew him to this job was trevor lawrence and their relationship has just continued to blossom as the year has gone along um you know obviously off the field that's fine but in in the classroom with press taylor the offensive coordinator and doug peterson trying to like cook this thing up and trevor's got his hands on it too and don't forget about Mike McCoy, the quarterback coach. That whole group working together, they're all on the same page. And and that trickles down, I think, to the whole team, too. So um, it, it, I don't know if you could have found a better hire I mean, than Doug Peterson, a guy who's done it. Uh, he has the blueprint for it, uh, track record of success, and he's got the parts and pieces to kind of make this thing go and give it another year or so when they start churning out the roster and, and get some – some of their own draft picks in, and that that can really stabilize this thing even further. So uh, There's no way to to really undersell how big of a hire that was for this team. I mean, Doug has has settled the whole thing down.
1: How did they keep going or keep working or not lose confidence during that five-game losing skid where people were sputtering out the same old lines about this is the Jaguars, it doesn't matter who's coaching, blah, 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 questioning Trevor Lawrence. How do they stay steady during that stretch?
3: Well, I think it's Doug. I think it's Doug Peterson. I mean, he's it's his messaging. It's his consistent day-to-day approach that never wavered. You know, there's there's never – he's the same guy, at least that I can tell, day in, day out, win, loss. Okay. Lose a fourth quarter lead again. Okay. Let's come back Monday and figure out why. And here's what we have in front of us. All our goals are still out there. We're playing football. We play again on Sunday at one o'clock and we're playing the next nameless faceless opponent, if you will. And you, it's all, it's all about the Jaguars, right? It's all about us improving and trying to finish as a football team. And we're all in this thing together. that That's really, I think what kept this group going and, You know, in in years past, when you'd have a stretch of losses like that, it would turn into eight in a row. Or, okay, they might sneak one and then lose four more. Um, No, there's a a little bit more poise and confidence now. And I think that comes with that steady, everyday approach that Doug has. Um, And that's comforting. And that, I think, is a big reason why they're where they are right now.
1: Then, JP, when you look around at the top teams in the AFC, so we're talking about the Bills, who are 11-3, and same record as the Chiefs. What separates the Jaguars from teams like that, or the Bengals, or even the Ravens, who have had some extended success?
3: Let's start with a little bit of where they are, right? Okay, consider the last couple of years around here, and the Jags still are 6-8, and eight, by the way. It's not like they're... <laughs> <laughs> Not ten and four, Cincinnati right now, or <laughs> Buffalo eleven and three. Right, let's just—I don't know—I don't want to—I don't want to get too far out in front of our skis here. But um, you know, the offense I think is pretty darn close to what they like. They've got a little bit of a running game with ETN. He's had a fumbling issue. But they can they can work on that and and maybe if they have a secondary back to him that could that could help out. And then Hasty's kind of stepped up there. The receivers have been fantastic for them. A lot of people gave them flack for the amount of money they spent on Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and free agency and uh, to that point Evan Ingram, the tight end, on a one year deal. But all three of those players are. If not already past career best seasons, they're on their way within a game or two of having career numbers. All three of those guys in one season, so they've done a good job there. I think they could get another true deep threat on offense and be able to maybe hang with those teams. I think the quarterback's pretty close to being able to make a lot of the throws that some of those guys you you listed. Can do some of those teams have defenses too. uh baltimore so okay um and, and buffalo right i mean those those teams are complete both sides of the ball teams and i think this defense does need they put some a lot into it a lot of equity a lot of cash and free agency a lot of draft equity there's been some holes there uh, at times this year especially in the secondary This is a Jags organization that's had troubles over the years, and I think we've talked about this on your show, Amy, that they've had trouble re-signing first-round picks, and it's not just a recent phenomenon. It's about a 15-year phenomenon. They've only had, I think, one first-round pick that they've signed to a second deal here, and we're seeing some of the effects of that now on defense, right? right? I mean, they had Jalen Ramsey here. He didn't make it to a second contract, right? He's the right pick. He's a great player. But he didn't make it. He moved on. He, he got traded. And then they tried to backfill that uh, with C.J. Henderson. Well, that didn't work out. He's off. He's gone. Uh, Carolina, right? So now they've had to double up and go to free agency and get Shaq Griffin. He wasn't playing that well this year. Then he got hurt, and he's on the bench, right? So they're trying to backfield the, the cornerback position from two first-round picks ago still. So that's where they are. That's, where, that's the difference, I think. And some of these established teams in the AFC, they've had, you know, eight years, six years of consistent drafting and success and keeping those guys as a core group. And the Shags team's not quite there yet, but they feel like they're on the verge of starting that kind of a run.
1: And it's great when you're winning. It's a lot easier to do the building and to do the work when the wins are the result. We're talking to J.P. Shadrick from Jacksonville, senior reporter with the Jaguars. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Before I let you go, J.P., what are your impressions of this division and how it's shaped up with a month to go as the Titans have dropped four in a row and there are no teams above 500 in the South?
3: Yeah, Tennessee is, is really struggling, and, and just hearing some of the reporting coming out of there, it's uh, they can't really figure out. They're banged up. Uh, the players, you know, one of the reports I saw was some of the players weren't aware the Jags were within one game. Like, okay, well, here we are. <laughs> you know, we're right there now. You better figure it out quick. It's two different styles. I mean, Tennessee pounds and runs the football with Henry, and uh, they don't have a whole lot else to hang their hat on beyond that um the Jaguars can throw it around the yard um as Brad Sham told me the, the Cowboys announcer, we did a, a, a pre-game interview and and he said it going into the game and it turned out to actually work out during the game the Jaguars are one of the teams in the league you know, and not many can say this that if they're down three scores they're not out of it because they can throw it around that certainly was the case on Sunday against the Cowboys so, if you can score like the Jaguars can score or feel like they can, you've got a chance in pretty much any game. It's just a matter of making some stops on defense and getting an extra possession or two and and getting it done. So, um, Indy, uh, you know, how they lost to them early in the year, can't bring that one back. How they lost to Houston, can't bring that one back either. That's the one Houston win this year is against the Jaguars and that awful stretch, you know, the five loss stretch. Those are in the past now. Forget about those moving forward. What is this Jags team now? They're the best team in the division right now. They've just got to go finish the season. You can you can wear that AFC South championship hat going into the playoffs. What? That's pretty amazing. <laughs>
1: We could be looking at a Christmas miracle for Jacksonville. A lot of excitement coming out of that fan base with the doo-balls I hear everywhere. So you can find JP on Twitter at JP S-H-A-D-R-I-C-K. S H A D R I C K, Senior reporter for the Jags, our go-to to talk Jags football. And look, we actually need to talk Jags football. JP, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Happy holidays to you.
3: Hey, same to you, and I hope to be talking to you a lot very, very soon.
1: That's for sure. Oh, so much still on the table and so many possibilities. I like to say infinite possibilities, but it's not quite that because we know some teams have actually been officially and mathematically eliminated. That includes the Super Bowl champion Rams, who will not be in the postseason for a shot at back-to-back. Also includes the Cardinals in that same division and then the Texans and the Bears. If I remember correctly, those are the ones. Um, It's Going to be every last game, every last weekend to settle this playoff bracket, especially with the supersized wildcard weekend, which, by the way, comes up in mid January. Oh my goodness, inside of a month, you guys. All right, on Twitter, A Law Radio, I think we fixed the Facebook photo montage. So I just need to write a caption there. Um, I had to finish my interview first. But there are photos up there, and it's it's pretty cool that um, I was modeling my Leroy Butler jersey and wanted a chance to show it to you. And then somehow it ended up on the Jumbotron (laughs) at Lambeau Field. That's kind of cool. What a fun surprise. I wish I could tell my grandmother she would get a kick out of that. Let me just tell you.
0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
2: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
0: Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50, has the 45, breaks away from another tackle, pitches it backwards, and now Jacoby Myers spinning
2: around. He throws it to Tandler Jones in midfield, and a step forward! Tandler Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Mahomes. Hands it off to McKinnon, trying to dart left. 25-20, downfield block. 10-5, touchdown, Kansas City. Terrific run by Jarek McKinnon to win the game in overtime on a 26-yard run. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won the AFC West for a seventh consecutive year. That's second all-time in National Football League history in division dominance.
3: Elliott now the running back in place of Pollard. Shotgun for Prescott. He drops to throw. Looking, looking. Fires middle of the field, and that ball is... Picked
2: off! It is picked off by Rayshon Jenkins! He's running it back along the right sideline! That is going to be a touchdown! That is going to be a touchdown. The Jags are going to win it on a race, Sean Dickens, pick six. Are you kidding me? How good is that? This will be a 43-yard kick from the right hash. Snap. Kick is up, and it is good. Oh, Cameron Dicker puts the bolts up three with four seconds to go. What a drive. He doesn't have a pulse. He just swung his leg, turned around to high-five the holder. He didn't didn't even watch it go through the uprights. He was so confident. Goff up under center. Justin Jackson alone back. Goff's going to throw it. Back and looking. Throws wide open left side. Brock
4: Wright with it. To the 30. Brock Wright 25. Brock Wright 20. Comes back at the 10. To the
3: 5. To the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Oh, my. 51 yards. Goff to Brock Wright. And the Lions are back in front. Oh,
2: baby. How big is that? This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
1: That's not technically our list of touchdowns for TD of the Week. And in fact, in that montage, we have one that's not a touchdown. Uh, But I'm certain that you're going to hear a bunch of these moments again when we ask you to vote for TD of the Week. Week 15 is now in the books. We do have some QB news coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Also, just saw one listener ask if there would be any Ask me Anything this week because I will not be here the rest of the week, which is probably good because I sound funny, like a man, if you will. Not that men sound funny, but when I sound like a man, it's funny-ish. Uh, so, no, we will not have Ask me Anything this week or next week because Jay and I are not working again together until after the new year. So, it's a vacation for him, it's a vacation for me. <laughs> and uh, I've got a uh, trip back in uh, back to virginia in my future actually i will be driving back on wednesday morning uh taking penny with me and so that's uh that's the plan to be able to spend the next week with my family so i'll be out until next tuesday night so a week off for me though it's around christmas weekend this is the only reason that i would ever take off an nfl sunday would be for christmas because my family has made a lot of sacrifices for me over the holidays. And uh, the fact that I can take a Sunday off and not have to take notes. I probably will watch a little football with a couple family members, but it'll be nice to enjoy it a little bit as a fan. And so no Ask Amy anything until the new year. But if you're looking for a holiday edition of Ask Amy, well, you can find it on our YouTube channel. After Hours with Amy Lawrence, some other goodies there on YouTube, including, uh, well, it's going to be, Me, as a silent participant, Jay is going to do our holiday greetings. Ooh, I don't know, though. If I talk and you talk and I sound more like a man than you, what does that mean? Meaning a deeper voice. I didn't mean, you know, sorry, that sounded awkward, but I didn't mean like that. I just meant one of my voice is deeper than yours. Is that weird?
2: I guess it would mean you're sick.
1: Okay, we don't have to tell everyone. (laughs) All right, let's just not throw it out there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's just one of those things where... When I get a stuffy nose, I sound like a lounge singer slash man. Just happens. Hi, Dexter Henry. Hey, how you doing? You now see, I don't have a deeper voice than Dexter, so that makes me feel a little bit
4: better. Listen, congestion is rough. I I can say that congestion is very rough.
1: Have you ever noticed too? When your immunity's down, this is how the germs attack us. We work in the business. It's our head. It's our throats. It's just gross.
4: It's like, why couldn't it be something else yeah. that doesn't take away from what we do?
1: Right. Why can't I have a sore bicep? Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay uh, with that.
0: <laughs> we, tra- we trade for that right now, sure. <laughs> what the hell's going on right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Sean McVay. All right. Find me on Twitter. A-Law Radio you can vote for Mortification Monday. Uh, also on our Facebook page, I think we have rearranged the photos from the Leroy Butler jersey so that you can see what he wrote on the back. That was kind of the deal. Uh, it appearing on the Green Bay or the the Packers JumboTron was... Uh, I wasn't expecting that. That was a cool surprise. So check that out. Plus, you can vote. Would you like to tell me how many M&Ms are in this jar Dexter? Ooh. Yeah. I promise I haven't eaten any. And actually, I told Jay that if he tried to open the lid, he would lose a finger. It's, it's booby-trapped. <laughs> that, so. that,
4: that'll make me not want to touch it at all. I'm <laughs> going to go with a guess of 95.
1: 95, all right. So now, see, far. on the low end, some people are going crazy with 1, a 1,000 M&Ms. 1,000? Yeah, we've, we've shown you a video in the round. There's no way a 1,000 M&Ms can go in here. No. Yeah, so I did pick them all out myself, though. Greens are those, and are those plain
4: M&Ms? They are plain, plain M&Ms, okay. just
1: because I could fit more into the mason right. jar, yes. So we're giving away after-hours swag. Remember, Dexter Henry, 95. Merry 95. Christmas to you. Merry Thank
4: Christmas you. to you, Amy. Thank, Thank
0: you.
1: Thank you for hanging out with
2: us. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. We really need new
0: phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
4: New iPhone 15s? It's better
0: over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Once I turn on the radio, I'm ready to roll, ready to roll.
2: Here on After Hours, we like you as much as you like us.
1: I've never been on the radio, so this is new to me, but I always listen to you when I get off work. Cool.
2: Oh, my goodness. You're so on right now. You're so on. You're <laughs> Thank you. Don't stop what you're doing.
4: Hey. Hi. You are a superhero of the sports world. and You have a very in inspiring
2: show. Thank you for taking my call. I love your show and you have a great night.
1: Thanks, Taylor. I appreciate you tuning in in Houston, home of my mama. Hello, Amy.
4: I just wanted to say, in my humble opinion, you're one of the best to ever do it.
1: So positive and happy and it makes my life happier. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. I I try.
2: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
1: Call me old school, but hey, I'm a 90s baby in my 80s Mercedes. I'm a 90s baby
0: in my 80s Mercedes.
1: Hanging out with you for a couple more hours here on the show, and then I'm out for the rest of this Christmas week. I'm looking forward to it. Happy Hanukkah to those of you who celebrate and also Merry Christmas. Uh, We'll have a chance to tell you on social, of course, but my opportunity to tell you on the show. We appreciate your support all the time. And yes, it's a very busy time of year. Christmas is really the only holiday that I take off on a consistent basis. I have a streak going. I have never missed a Christmas with my mom, ever. So I, I know Christmas... We'll have football this year, and there will be games on Christmas Eve as well, and it's uh, week 16 in the NFL, and I'll certainly follow it. But it's my promise to my mom, I will never miss a Christmas in some shape or form. Now, at times earlier in my career, uh, that meant all of eight hours driving back to New Hampshire, spending eight hours, and then turning around and going, in in that case, I think it was Rochester, uh, because I was working in New York and had to get back Christmas night. Uh, So I've done some pretty nutty things, and this weekend certainly qualifies, uh, driving 1,100 miles in under four days. Princess Leia is a champ, though, and I'm grateful that I was able to be there for my niece's graduation. My mom, my brother, uh, other family members told me, you should just stay home because there was snow on Tuesday. Oh, sorry, Thursday. Thursday when I left. New Jersey, and it was heavy snow in some cases, higher elevations. I was driving in and out of heavy snow and then heavy rain and then heavy snow (laughs) and then heavy rain. Uh, The first four hours were bumper to bumper traffic. It was uh, pretty crazy through New Jersey and Pennsylvania on into Harrisburg, for those of you who are familiar with Interstate 78 and then 81. So it was definitely dicey, uh, but it was worth it to me to be there for my niece's big moment. And she was so thrilled When we yelled and screamed like wild banshees in the stands, (laughs) she got a huge smile on her face. We got some great pictures. (laughs) Yes, I wish I had sounded like that. Actually, it was pre-whatever this is. Uh, Maybe it's because my immunity was down and because I spent too much time working with producer Jay last week. That somehow.
2: (laughs) Not my fault.
1: How do you know? I'm just saying, how do you know I didn't get the cold from you? You're the only person I know who was not feeling well last week.
2: I was a little under the weather, but yours is worse than mine was. I mean, there's also like anyone we ever do see around here is like hacking up along. It seems like nowadays it's, I don't know, it's just a sickness going around this whole place.
1: Yes, although I'm pretty careful. I think I'm the only one here, maybe one of two or three, who still cleans my area every night when I come in. So I am pretty careful. I use my own mic cover. I don't want to pass it to anyone else. And I definitely I would rather deal with a cold any day than strep throat. Somebody asked me last week, what's the worst pain you've ever felt? My response was strep throat. It was it was excruciating. I didn't think I was going to survive. I didn't eat or drink for a day and a half. That's how bad it was. I could not swallow. It felt like daggers in my throat. So I've been really careful since then because I don't ever want that to happen again. And every time I get a sore throat, which I I don't have a sore throat right now, but every time I get one, I worry that it's it's strep throat. I remember visiting the doctor and he said to me, oh, it's just, it's a mild case of strep. And I'm thinking, mild? I'm dying. But okay, so say you. (laughs) I know kids get it a lot. Uh, I, I've heard that it's worse for adults. I just know I had it one time, and that is never, ever, ever happening again. I'll, I will just – I can't i can't go through that again. So that's why I still clean and try to wipe up my area. Now I don't want anyone else to catch my germs. But apparently I was too close to Producer Jay. Too much time in the control room last week. If you would just admit it, we, we could move forward.
2: I don't think I did anything wrong here.
1: I didn't say you did anything wrong. I just – it's incidental. It wasn't on purpose. I just think the germs came from you.
2: I, I don't. I don't think so. I but, don't. But why though is my only question? Because I wasn't like, like I didn't have a fever. I didn't you have. You could still temps, be a. Ca- I didn't. I, didn't have, I
1: haven't had a fever either. It. I think you could still be a carrier, <laughs> like a pigeon. Know. You could be a pigeon.
2: I'm a carrier pigeon. You're
1: a carrier pigeon. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I just I was so mild. I feel like I was just more being a baby than actually sick. Just cause... oh well. You
1: know what? Say no more. Just to well, hear you admit that is fantastic.
2: Right. I was just being a baby. A little bit. I was milking it a little bit. Yeah. But... Oh.
1: Okay. Good to know. So the next time you have a cold, I'm using my air quotations. I will recognize that you're milking it a little bit.
2: It's not every time, but oh, are you going to indicate when it's serious and when it's not? If it's serious, I probably wouldn't make it in. I don't. Okay. I don't really get like that sick too often, but when I do, it's like pretty bad. Like when I get like actually like really sick. So,
1: yeah. Well, I'm trying not to breathe in your general direction. Just so you don't get sick. I don't want you to. Thank you. Even though it might turn into you being a big baby again.
2: <laughs> it, it probably would.
1: I love that he just admitted that on national radio. Well, That's fantastic. You know. Here I was worried about him. How are you? How are you feeling? Did you get some sleep? How's everyone else in your household? I don't feel good.
2: (laughs) I was not feeling great.
1: I know. I I got that. I definitely got that. (laughs) That's what I I thought too. But now that there's a chance you actually gave it to me, now it wasn't as real as what you played it off to be. That's exactly right. Okay. Interesting how that works out. What a stunner. Huh. I'm not sure who I should believe. The J from last week or this Jay, who doesn't want any part of passing along a cold to me.
2: It's, it's, choices which, are who, yours.
1: Who should I believe?
2: Choices are yours. Huh.
1: I believe the guy who had a cold last week <laughs> and who passed it on to me uh, on Twitter. A Law Radio, and uh, we got fo- recent photos up, which are fun. Uh, down to the last few minutes with our Monday mortification poll. So you can check that out. Uh, I was not at all surprised that it turned into a runaway on Monday. Jay, if you have the Patriots call of the final three seconds of the Raiders Pats game, Um, there were a lot of people who were echoing the sentiments, not of Bob Sose, but of Scott Zolak, who's a former Patriots quarterback himself. And, (laughs) <laughs> I saw a lot of this on my social Monday.
2: Now on a third and 10, three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He started right. He runs it up the middle, hit by Chandler. Jones slips the hit across the 45 with a stiff arm. Off a tackle at the 40. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh that my Jones God. is picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the 30. He runs to the 20. He runs to the 10. He runs to the end zone.
4: Raiders. Good night. This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen.
2: Oh, dear. And a victory for Las Vegas.
1: Well, it was that and it was a whole lot of other things. People are still talking about how dumbfounded they were at the moves that Jacoby Myers made. But I want to say this because I was a little blown away by the number of people who were uninformed on Monday. The number of people on my social who blame the coaches for not preparing the players for that moment. You all need to go back and listen to Jacoby Myers. Maybe listen to Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre ran 23 yards and then flipped it backward over the top of a defender to his teammate, wide receiver Jacoby. Jacoby then inexplicably stunningly chucks it in the direction of his quarterback. So a lateral pass, but he didn't throw it with any force. He's kind of chucked it up in the air. Said he did not see Chandler Jones, who's a former Patriot, by the way, also former Syracuse Orange. And so when you hear them post-game saying This was us improvising. This was us going off script. This was us trying to do too much. That's what Jacoby and Ramondre said. And Jacoby actually told reporters as well this is not on Ramondre. I should have listened to the coaches. I should have listened to the coaches. The coaches told us, and then it was repeated in the huddle run the ball. And go down. In other words, run the ball to run time off the clock. And then drop it like it's hot. Just kidding. Don't do that. Drop it. Drop your rear end onto the ground. Two cheeks. Two knees. An elbow. Anything. Run the ball to take the final three seconds off the clock. And then drop. Maybe you don't believe the players. You think they're covering for Bill Belichick? I don't think anyone needs to cover for Belichick or Matt Patricia. All I'm saying is if you want to be an informed Patriots fan or an informed NFL fan, maybe listen to what these guys are saying. They were told what to do. And Jacoby especially freaked out. But maybe he doesn't if Ramondre doesn't give him the ball. Ramondre should have sat down on the field, stayed in bounds. sat down. Because then that regulation, that fourth quarter is over and they go into overtime. Maybe because Ramondre chucked it, Jacoby was thinking, okay, okay, we can do this. And he throws it backward toward Mac, who then got smushed to the turf by Chandler. Ugh. Chandler versus Mac Jones. That is not a fair fight. As long as they're food. I mean, even if there was, it's still not a fair fight. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I responded to a bunch of people on our social to say, how, you know, just to ask, how is it on the coaching staff? So, some fan came up with an elaborate response about how the players don't trust the coaches, and so they're going off script because they think they have a better idea. Nah. Yeah. You don't do that in Bill Belichick's. No, that
2: doesn't have anything to do with
1: it. Locker room. (laughs) So I want you to be informed. I want you to know that the coaches did actually tell the players, run the ball, run the clock out, drop your fanny to the turf. It was told in the huddle, last thing they heard before Mac Jones Yelled out the the call at the line of scrimmage. Maybe we need to because they all kind of knew what was happening. Run the ball. Drop to the turf. Huh. There are a lot of ways that you can look at Bill Belichick's decisions this year. Certainly his choice to not have an offensive coordinator at all, really. But offensive coaches with a ton of experience in that position calling plays... Matt Patricia was on his staff as a defensive guy. We know Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator with the Patriots. So there's plenty of blame to go around. Excuse me. I swear I don't. I didn't plan to say aloud. I don't know how that came out. It's a battle. It's a battle right now. It's a struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> but at least in this particular situation, you can't blame the coaches because that's not on them. They told the athletes, and maybe that's what Scott Zolak means by this is the dumbest team he's ever seen. That's, that seems harsh. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.